If you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yeah, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 19, season two. That's like season dose. Back in better than ever. And we're sorry. We're sorry. We know there was a delay, everybody. We know. But, you know, maybe we were just waiting for the new release of some new product, some pinnacle supplementation. You know we're repping our guy. Your pinnacle, everybody. That's what brings you the Mickey Zizzy podcast. We're looking for more sponsors. Reach out if you have ideas. And I am your co host, Mickey. Oh, whoa, whoa, Zizzy Yank, joined by my best. Ooh, I almost, almost had to start cussing because I was getting hyped. But my best man, Mickey James Hines, what's going on tonight, brother? We got a lot to catch up on and a lot to dig into. Talk to me. It's another day in the neighborhood. We're going to be talking some NFL Week 5. Yeah, we skipped a week, but you know what? This Week 5 was action-packed. Call it a movie. Um, Absolute great games coming from this past week, and we're going to be bringing you a ton of more content. You already know we're back and on it because we had a great weekend seeing each other for Cornell's homecoming. We also caught a W this weekend. It was a great time. Absolutely. Shout out to the Rams, the Ramley. It's great to be back in town, obviously. Um, it was nice to escape the Florida weather. It's it's hot down here, guys, like all year long. It does not change. So nice to nice to have a little bit cooler weather. It was still nice and warm, though, up in Iowa. Obviously, the Rams get a big dub. That was nice. Get to see all the friends, get to see the fam. I mean, I mean, come on. Can't ask for much more. It was good to see you, man. I love you. Oh, of course. Uh, same on this end. All right, all right. Well, we got to start just like we start every episode, the person of the week. Give it to me. So I feel like it's only right, Mr. Yankovic, to make the person of the week if their birthday falls on the episode. Now, we are releasing this tomorrow, as people will be getting on Thursday, but (laughs) we got to shout out the birthday man, Grey Goose, ankle snagging the goat. Daniel Brown, an avid listener, one of the most popular listeners on uh, for our show. But Daniel Brown, of course, it's his birthday. The man's a goat, record breaker, um, all the above. Always a smile on his face. Daniel Brown is my person of the week. You know, I mean, sometimes, Mickey, we're just on the same wavelength, you know? Sometimes we're just on the same brain. So what's up? Of course, yes, we are recording this on October 13, 2021. So sorry that we can't do everything live for you guys out there. But that does mean it is Daniel Sugar Brown's birthday, a.k.a. Grey Goose, baby. I mean, this is the ankle snapping, no capping. The man, like, come on, come on now. What, what is more is there to say about this guy? The best quarterback that Cornell has ever seen without even playing a full four years. Shout him out, everybody. It's his birthday. It's his birthday today. So we might as well just make it the birthday week here on the podcast. He's one of the biggest fans of the podcast. And he was so close. I mean, so close to being able to also make the Iowa visit this past weekend. Obviously, we'll have more memories to make in the future. But shout out, Daniel Brown. Uh, We love you, man. Happy to have you. I'm sure that you're going to be listening to this tomorrow. So got to shout you out. Oh, of course. You know you have to. And uh, 
super excited for those memories when we do see each other all once again and once what other ventures we go on. No, we're so sentimental this week. I mean, look at you. I almost had to do you and the lady, man. I mean, you happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Everyone shout out the host, Mickey Hines. This is the anniversary. So good good for y'all as well. Oh, yeah. Gotta shout her out. We just got the workout in as well. I know you also got a workout in. Workout we Wednesday. Workout we Wednesday. staying hot out in here. All right. All right. We got to play that. Oh, what is that? Um, Nelly? Nelly? So humble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got to start saying that. All right. So we do have a lot to catch up on. Obviously, we, 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 we talk in NFL and we're talking week five recap. What team? Where do you want to start? I mean, there's a lot of big games and some upsets, some crazy endings. Talk to me nice. I mean, it was pretty much everything and anything that happened this week. And, you know, I tried to stray away from talking about my Bears every single week, but we had a monumental win this week. We showed that we're not this Chicago Bears team that people are going to walk all over. All right. The Chicago Bears are back. It's great to see, all right? And I'm just very happy that in the pickums, by the way, uh, I'm real quick rechecking that just to make sure my stats are right. Maybe. <laughs> I just had it up. Hey, it's fun. Hey, we only, we you got and me, you and me had Chicago, all right? And then yes, also Cheyenne Mino. No, Mason Davis also had Chicago. And then Greeno, Greeny, and Chandler Sims also had Chicago. So only five people did. Everyone else had the Raiders, um, which obviously the Raiders are a good team. We were talking about how good this team is, okay? But let's look at the facts, okay? That defense came to play. All my Bears recaps I say all the time, Mrs. Izzy, that they're inconsistent right now. They'll go ball out, keep Derek Carr t- no touchdowns, and get an interception off of them, all right? and then, uh, you know, go get sacks here and there and just ball out and keep a team under 10 points. If you do that, you're going to win a football game playing facts. Now, on the offensive side of this quick Bears recap, also recapping this game here on the podcast, Justin Fields is going to get better. He threw his first touchdown in a regular season game. He almost got hurt with that knee injury. I was kind of scared. I really was. And he don't even have his rip protector on. So that shows that Justin Fields is the guy. But also, we kind of have a little running back. Uh, Khalil Herbert, the rookie, had a great showing. He had 75 yards. And you also have Damian Williams with 64 and a touchdown. So they're definitely sharing the reps there, getting that offense moving. They both average four yards a carry. That's going to win you games. That's going to make the clock tick, keep your offense on the field, and give your defense a break to be more consistent. Yank, they played Chicago Bear football, which I think the direction they need to go in. Give Justin Fields time. Don't make him throw 40 times a game yet. All right? Hand off the ball to those two running backs. Let the offensive work, but the offensive line go forward instead of back and see how they go. And I think this is the way they have to take the approach with Bill Lazor or Matt Nagy, whoever calls the plays. If they do, I think the Bears will be very successful in slowly getting his passes up, you know, 25 to 30 to like 32 a week. I, I'm fine with 20 to 25 a week for Justin Fields passing. But if you can get those guys 10-plus carries each, um, the Bears are going to be looking in some uh, – tall grass moving forward well i mean i can say that yes while i did pick the bears to win well i do believe still in justin fields i mean it's way too early for people that are saying that he's not gonna have it um there's i mean of course there's room for improvement right but here's the thing he as is as a starter what he's won now back-to-back games 
Yep. He's now gone out. He's now gone out and he's proven that he can play an entire game without making the crucial mistake. That's what I think is the biggest takeaway from this past game. There's a little scare with the hyperextended knee. I was a little worried about that uh, with that play, but he comes back from that, takes command of the game, throws his first touchdown pass, like you said, doesn't throw an interception, doesn't have the costly fumbles. Um, I mean, he's not really running the ball, and that's what I also think. I mean, there's really only room for this offense to improve. Yes, the offensive line, if they can continue to develop – there is two pretty decent young running backs that are filling in for David Montgomery. Khalil Herbert runs hard. Damian Williams, I mean, I have him on backups on fantasy teams because I thought like he'd be a great replacement once Montgomery went down. Um, that, that'll be fine. The running game will be fine. The passing game, I mean, if Justin Fields just continues to develop, not make the mistakes, and then they're able to incorporate his legs because people forget how fast his 40 was. Fastest combine 40 for a quarterback in combine history. So, I mean – People forget that once he starts running around and they get, he gets comfortable and everything else, the, the sky really is the limit because the Bears do play, for the most part, great defense. They might allow a lot of yards, but they're a great red zone defense. They create turnovers when they need to, and that's really all you need. The Bears, I, I don't quite like to hate on the Bears, to be honest, this season because you and I have been hyping them up ever since Justin Fields got drafted. It's just – the, the O-line is still going to remain the question. If they continue to develop, this team can do something. If they start stalling out again or they have issues moving forward, it is what it is. Now, let's not forget there's obviously much many more issues than what we knew going on on the other sideline against who they played on Sunday in the Raiders, but we ain't going to get into all that. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel you. I'll, I'll agree with you on your Bears take this week, Mickey Hines. How does that make you feel? Yes, sir. I know we got a very tough matchup against the rivals, Green Bay's Green Bay Hate Week. Oh, it's over. It's the over. house, the apartment here and I was going to be a divided household with me and Haley. She is the Packers fan. But, I mean, my last little take here about that Bears-Raiders team is the Raiders are a great team. The Raiders are a good team. Yeah, there's some blinding from the situations that happened <laughs> off of the field, which we all had a conversation about that as well. Um, so with that being said, um, it's going to be tough, you know, moving forward. All right. You know, we have a new head coach, da, 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 like moving forward there. We all, like I was going to say, talking about our group chat, like we talked about it, it was way out of line for what John Gruden did, but yeah, that was, uh, tough right there. So, I mean, going back to those bears, the Raiders will probably get it fixed. So, um, the, Moving back to the Bears, sorry, I'm kind of going in a little circle right here, is uh, just kind of put the ball, uh, ball in the playmaker's hands. Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson, and Marquise Goodwin, I think are a solid three running back system there with uh, the tight ends getting some with Hornstead, Komet, and Jimmy Graham. So if we can keep on, like you said, just keeping that offensive line moving forward, getting them in place where they don't have to hold you know, their blocks as long, the Bears are going to be fine. And I'm happy we're three and two. We're a above 500 ball club. Yeah. And I mean, that's the biggest takeaway. I mean, is right now they're still, they're really the offense in a way for the majority of the season was kind of anemic. And now you're still sitting there at three and two. I mean, you have to feel about good about where you're at oh, yeah. um, and the positioning of the team moving forward. Now, if the, the, this week is a huge game for the Bears this week moving forward against the Green Bay Packers team because, I mean, if they win, now you're putting yourself a few games above 500. you you You're really looking good in the division. 
because you're going to be tied for first in the division at that point. You really give yourself a chance to position yourselves for the end of the season. Now, I, I think it's a big game for the Bears. That being said, I I, I don't think that's going to end well. But either way, I like I like where the Bears are at right now. They're doing the best that they probably could with their situation. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm going to move on to my second team we want to recap and kind of talk yeah. about on the show. And speaking of that Green Bay team, talk about the game of doinks, missed field goals, the absolute crazy. They were playing men, and they moved out all the way to the side, and they missed like so many kicks, like three back-to-back missed field goals for the win, that being said. Absolutely crazy because, you know, uh, Crosby is a good kicker. He's a great kicker. I'll say it. I mean, a man's out there with gray hair just hitting 40-yard bombs. Now, not in this game. Cincinnati, also who Chicago beat, by the way, came to play. Cincinnati is a good ball club. They're going to come and compete every day. They're going to lose those close ones, kind of like the Chargers were last year. They're going to lose those close ones. They go up against Green Bay who is a good football team. I hate saying it. I absolutely hate saying it, Zizzy. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I mean, let's look at the stats. Aaron Rodgers, 344 for two touchdowns, and he got intercepted again. I love when he throws interceptions. I absolutely do because that's kind of like helping me out that he might not be as good as what he once was. Oh, my. Um, you, you didn't say just not as good. You said it's it's over. He's done. Okay, okay, okay. I, don't try and something Don't try that. What also is crazy, though, in that game, which Devontae Adams <laughs> – 200 oh, yards receiving and a touchdown. But if you just look at the targets, that's his only guy. Devontae Adams actually gets doubled. Are you game playing for him? I don't think these other guys are going to pop off for a 200 piece. Devontae Adams with the ball in his hand is great. I don't, I think he's a definitely top three receiver sitting at number three, number two. Um, You know me, I'm not going to put him at number one. Uh, Sure, I'm biased. That's okay. But 200 yards is 200 yards. And the defenses really have to key up on that because that's where all of Aaron Rodgers' yards and targets go to. So, I mean, if you just look at the stats, look at the numbers, you're going to be fine moving forward. But Cincinnati came to play. Joe Burrow is one tough dude. I mean, two picks, two touchdowns against a tough Green Bay defense. But he'll get hit left and right. He'll get karate chopped in the throat. It don't matter. He's getting up, and he's going to start slinging it. And that LSU uh, connection with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow is absolutely amazing. I wasn't going to believe in it because Jamar Chase, you know, like didn't play last season, et cetera, et cetera. But here he comes. He's making a name for himself. I know kind of a lengthy recap right there, but it was just so much to talk about. It was just starting with the kicks. Yeah, I mean, really, when you talk about this game, that's what you that's what you think about. I mean, when you have, what was it, five missed field goals under 21 seconds in regulation? Insane. Like, that is absolutely insane to think about, especially when two or three of them are just for – if you make it, it's over. It doesn't matter. So, I mean, it's – that's uh, – it, it was mind-blowing to really watch. I mean, Mason Crosby is going to probably be good now for, I would say, another two seasons without missing yeah. a field goal. Like, if you go by his trend, I mean, it was 28, I want to say, in a row that he had made before that and spanned over a season or so. So – yeah, yeah, he should be good now. I think he got all of his misses out in that one game. So, good kudos to you, man. But 
Yeah, the Bengals are competitive. That's really what I take out of it. Like, Joe Burrow has actually even made his mistakes. He threw two interceptions. He's actually had a few games this year with multiple interceptions. But when it comes down to clutch time and making the plays when you really need it, for the most part, he has done that. I know he threw an interception late again in this one. But still, like, for the most part, he has proven that for a young quarterback, he can shoulder the load of a team that's still – Yes, he has a great connection with Jamar Chase, but it still is lacking as far as a overall group. And the defense is getting better. The defense is getting much better. But they still have a they still need a little bit more to be able to be a truly, truly competitive team. But for I mean, they're three and two. They're three and two, and they've got a quarterback who's essentially still in his rookie year because he missed half a season last year. So it's impressive to see what they're able to do. We already expected this from Green Bay. They're 4-1. I said they were the second-best team in the NFC coming into the season. Aaron Rodgers, after that horrible first game, has bounced back to prove exactly who he is, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones, to have him supporting, to have that supporting cast, it's impressive. When you average 7.5 yards of carry, that changes the complete mentality of your offense moving forward throughout a game. I mean, as a defense even, you're just getting wound down, grinded down, you have no energy by the time you get to the middle of the third quarter. It's embarrassing. So Devontae Adams is one of the best wide receivers in the league, if not the best. And really, that's all you need if you're going to um, be a, as efficient as Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball. So, so I can recap both teams as quick as that. That's basically what I took from both of those. But, I mean, yeah, really just an exciting-ass game to watch with the kicks, man. Love it. Love it. Yeah, uh, the crazy oh Miss, oh Miss, oh Miss again. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but, like, we're just in the group chat, like, oh, fire these guys. are like, dude, they're, they're crapping themselves. What is happening? What is going on? Yeah, uh, I mean, that was the excitement of the game. But you just look at these two teams. Like, Cincinnati is no more, uh, no longer just a walk in the park, not a piece of cake, which you still owe me, by the way. But Oh, yes, um, yes, yes. We were, we were uh, going to get to that. The uh, Cincinnati Bengals are going to be a good team. They're going to be a, a potential wild card buy-in, maybe not this year, but in the next two years. Let Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase develop into great NFL athletes. Um, the Bengals have their future. They're seeing wins. Like you said, they're a winning ball club right now, which, you know, years past, we never would have thought about it. So, I mean, congrats to – I wouldn't say congrats, but the Bengals are moving in the right direction. Exactly, and that's all you can really ask for. Now they do need to project Joe Burrow because that man is still taking way too many hits. But if they can manage that, I mean, the picking up Jamar Chase obviously was a good choice. It's worked out exactly how they wanted it to. But now they got to focus on that offensive line for real. All righty, go to my last big recap here for week number five. I'm going to talk about a team who I've been hyping up since day one. I wouldn't necessarily say that I am a Cowboys fan, but I love Dak Prescott. I love their offense. I'm putting my chips in this side of the table. Dak goes three and two, three touchdowns and an interception. Ezekiel rushes for 100 yards and a touchdown. You have CeeDee Lamb who had 84 yards and a touchdown. The offense is doing what that offense needs to do. And you also have Trey Vaughn Diggs. I'm sorry. Give him sure. the MVP. And I'm an offensive guy, Mr. Zizzy. All right? I want offensive players to win the MVP. But my man is averaging an interception per game. He has, what, six interceptions for five games? 
Let me know. Yeah, well, five straight games is an interception. Exactly. I mean, he already has, you know, 16 tackles, which, shoot, that's not bad after two or three, which corners aren't supposed to get that many uh, tackles. Passes defended, like, he's already at 10 pass deflections. Like, that's pretty good. Pass defended, et cetera. But that's the thing. He's keeping these star receivers to minimal yards. He's showing that this is Diggs Island, Trayvon Diggs Island, and no one's getting passed on. And I'm scared to throw that way. If I was any quarterback in the NFL, or else it might get intercepted. I would love, and I hate saying this, Diggs to win the MVP. Like He is my early bet. I know it's probably never going to happen, but if I could take it to Vegas right now, I'm betting Diggs to win the MVP. Now, will it happen? Probably not. Okay, it's a quarterback award, which is sad. But like he, if he continues on this pace, on this, you know, path he's on right now of just straight up greatness, we could see a quarterback winning MVP. I mean, I'm never gonna be upset if you're gonna propose a defensive player for most valuable player. I mean, that sounds really nice. I mean, he's definitely in the running for defensive player of the year as of right now. I mean, I definitely would say he has that in the bag through the first few games. Um, But yeah, the fact that we actually can see the old Darrell Revis from, what was it? I want to say the 2009 season back in the day. When it was the playoffs? Yeah, when, when Revis Island became a thing when he was holding every star receiver to 35 yards a game. Like, I I think that – I think it was 2009. But either way, the fact that ESPN and all these other sports outlets are throwing that graphic up and showing Trayvon Diggs instead of Darrell Revis in that graphic and comparing those stats, and it's actually identical, if not better, plus the five straight games with an interception, six total on the season, like, You've only played – have they even played six games? No, they've played five. five, they played five yeah. games. He's got more interceptions than he's got games. Like, that's that's crazy to start it off. And it's completely changed the dynamic of the team because of the Cowboys. If the Cowboys have a defense that continues to make these turnovers and make these plays, it does cha- – it completely changes the perception that any of us should have had. Uh, I mean, not you, obviously. Kudos to you so far. But – it is definitely – like, that would completely change the perception I have of that team. Um, and and at, to this point, it does. I mean, they're one of the best teams in the league so far, especially with the fact that Ezekiel Elliott, man, has he returned to form this season. When you yeah, have man. him plus Dak Prescott cut returning and possibly and probably looking at comeback player of the year, I mean, he's throwing three touchdowns a game. 300 yards like it's nothing. I mean, these they their only loss is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they were stuck right with them. That's the defending champions on opening night, on ring ceremony night. Like, come on now. So they, they've played incredible. And if this run game continues to be as explosive, both running backs are averaging over five yards of carry. That's that's ridiculous. Like, if that can if that remains consistent then we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys being a playoff team easy. No, they are going to be a playoff team easy, Mr. Yankovic, because, look, you have Micah Parsons, who's actually balling out. We said they played five games. He has three sacks already. He has a ton of tackles. And then you also have Vander Esch, who I'm also a fan of. Like, you cannot complain. He has a little bit of hope with uh, Micah Parsons there as well. I mean, it's really great to see like those two kind of linebackers leading the way with the also an MVP caliber corner 
I can't believe I'm saying it. Like he's easily going to go to the Pro Bowl if his season was done, you know, today. But these Cowboys are something special. I've been saying about it. Like you said, those running backs have been popping off. They have the best two running back system since a long time. 75 yards for Tony Pollard and Ezekiel 110. That's absolutely incredible. That offensive line is all the way back for the Dallas Cowboys. Your offensive line has to be good when you have 20, no, 35 attempts at rushing with your running backs and you have around close to 200 yards. Five yards averaging yank. This Cowboys team is no joke. Now, on the flip side, yes, they play the Giants. Yes, Daniel Jones got hurt. Yes, Ocon Barkley has a snake in his ankle. Yes, uh, what's his name got hurt as well. Um, Galloway, who I started in fantasy, that that was tough. Um, <laughs> Mike Lennon came in. Everything that could have went wrong for the Giants did. But moving forward, the Giants are going to have to keep on rebuilding, keep on getting away from the injury bug. That's exactly what happened to them last year. We talked about them. They got to stay away from the injury bug. But, I mean, they're still an uh, NFL team, and the Cowboys went to work and had a wonderful W. Yeah, I mean, I don't really take – this W by the, I mean, I expected this W for the Cowboys against this Giants team. I mean, especially after Daniel Jones goes out and you got Mike Lennon quarterbacking with Saquon goes out and his ankle looks like a balloon. Um, the only positive thing for the Giants was that Kadarius Tony finally uh, showed his athletic ability and blew up on the scene in front of everybody. Um, that I mean, yeah, and I don't mean that about his anger either, but. <laughs> He did get ejected by throwing a punch, but he yep. will not be suspended from what I hear. However, almost having 200 yards as a rookie, I mean, that's big time. So coming out of Florida, that's a big draft pick for them, and hopefully he can continue that kind of ascent to become an elite receiver. But this is about the Cowboys. I mean, they're a great defense when they're running the ball like that. I disagree. This is not the best two-back running system in the league. That, that lies in Cleveland. Ooh. But – uh, I, I beg to differ. Hold up. I oh. beg to differ. I'm Ooh. taking Tony Pollard over can... Kareem Hunt. Hot take. Tony Pollard over Kareem Hunt. Wow. I don't know about that. I ain't taking I that. understand Chubb is good. I'm taking Zeke over Chubb. No, I'll take I'll take Chubb over Zeke even now. Even maybe not. It might not be this season, but Chubb's got more years left in him than Zeke does, at least right. Now. We're talking about today. We're talking about what can you do for me now? Call me. Uh, this one, I, I still think I still think the best as far as production. I think I think that the best is going to be the Cleveland Browns running back. The running we will back. see at the end of the year. That could also be a cake. Bet, I think you know, that they're both two. one. I think that they're one two right now. Honestly, for what the best running back? And, 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 and yeah, and rushing yards as a like a, as a committee. I think okay. the the Cowboys and the Browns are one too. I'll have to check that stat and we'll look it up and bring it back to maybe the next episode. But yeah, I'll have to check that. Oh yeah. Well, Mr. Dizzy, before you get into your three teams, we're breaking down week five. We have to update the fans on the podcast NFL Pickums. Now, Absolutely. ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying. I am chasing Mr. Zizzy <laughs> right now in the podcast. We had the same exact score as 12 and 4 this past week. Real quick, we got to shout out the fan, the champions of week five, and that was Riley Bell and Cheyenne Mino himself with a 13 and 3 record. They're week five champions. Now, 
Here are your standings after this week. Zizzy is number one with 57-23. Right on his tail is yours, truly Mickey Hines, 56-24. and 24. After that championship uh, champion week, Shyamino moves into third, tied with Mason Davis. In fifth place is Steven Ruiz, who is right behind you, only four games behind number one. Last year's champ is moving down to the ranks a little bit, being tied with Riley Bell and Aaron Hilburn at six. Then at ninth place, you have Chandler Sims and Greeny No Greeny. Wait. Greeny, no Greeny? Beating He's in the teams. top 10? He is in the top 10, flipping a card. Last week, Haley got to flip the card. In 11th, you have Aaron Nickel. In 12th, you have Zach Novick. At 13th, you have the most valuable interviewee in Mickey Zizzy podcast history, Nolan Tubal. And then you have David Taylor, Hunter Wright, and Omar Hernandez. Now, those last three dudes have each not submitted picks in the past three weeks. It's been Omar, then David, then Hunter who didn't submit picks. And they are only two to three – or four to three games behind Nolan Tubal. So they're still in the mix from not being last. And All Green right. and no Green can it's switch in a flip. That I is, will say the top the top uh, ten is honestly still very close moving throughout. Oh, the it's early weeks. It's only week five. It's still very early for everybody. Everybody still has a shot, honestly. But exactly. you can't be missing weeks. You can't be missing weeks, people. Oh, I know. But that is your – little halftime here inside of our episode of the Beat the Podcast Season 2 Season Standings. Mr. Zizzy, take it away with your recap. Well, I wanted to go right back to where the running back committee that I was just talking about. What about a barn burner? 89 combined points, the Cleveland Browns and the Chargers. Woof. Which side do we even want to talk about? We can talk about the Browns. I mean, Baker Mayfield didn't necessarily make the mistakes they needed to, but when you have running backs like Nick Chubb breaking 52-yard touchdowns, when you got Kareem Hunt always dangerous on the goal line, getting his two touchdowns in 60 yards, when they're combining for 220 yards and you're still throwing for 302 touchdowns, no picks? I mean – the Cleveland Browns became the first team to have over 400 yep. offensive yards and 40 points and still lose. The, they, the Cleveland Browns made history and a losing effort. That's <laughs> why I picked them to win this game. This team is for real, and people don't want to believe it. People don't think they're going to win with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. I mean, what was wrong with what he did this past weekend? Somebody please ask, tell me. Somebody give me that answer because I've seen a lot of hate and heard a lot of hate about Baker Mayfield this season. I get it. He's throwing some some picks late. That happens. They're a three and two ball club. They could have easily had this game, but that's not on him. This game's not on him. This game isn't on the offense. This game is on the defense. This get, defense has to be better. When you got people like uh, when you got people like Javon uh, Clowney, I know that he's injured, but when you got people like him, when you got Miles Garrett, when you got John Johnson, Troy Hill, you got to get some of these people. Like, these are big names. These are big names on this defense. You have to be able to keep a team under 40 points. I mean, under 40 points shouldn't be too much to ask for. But on the other side of the ball, there's a reason why they scored 47. There's a reason. Justin Herbert's for real, guys. He's so for real. Justin Herbert is so good. He's great at football. He doesn't like to be on the cameras, which kind of annoys us sometimes a little bit. But he's so good at football. Austin Eckler is a dual threat quarter, uh, running back. Mike Williams, have a come-out party this season. Another game with over 150 yards and multi-touchdowns. Keenan Allen does his thing. Every time they need a hard catch, he gets it. 
Uh, I mean, what more is there to say about them? They've got a defense, too, that also should have performed better than this. I mean, when you have a Bose on the line, when you got Derwin James in the secondary, who I believe is the best safety in the NFL right now, like, let, let's you got you got to do better than on the defensive side of the ball. But sometimes it's the offensive day. Great offense beats good defense every time. We all know this. And today it was Justin Herbert's day. I mean, 400 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. He's running the ball and gets another touchdown. I mean, uh, what what more is there to say about this kid? Talk to me, Big. So I'm going to talk real quick about that Cleveland Browns team. And I am kind of getting up at Baker because I like Baker. Okay, I've been on his side. I've never been a hater of him. But when you have him on your fantasy team, things just don't go the way you want them. He goes, wins ball games. He's that quarterback that is going to be a run-heavy offense like Chicago's trying to do, like I was talking about earlier. Cleveland's already in that phase. They're like they're a couple steps ahead of where Chicago needs to be for their team to be successful. Cleveland's there. You score 42 points and lose a football game and have no turnovers, that's atrocious. Like, that absolutely hurts the soul. Now, that Browns team is so talented as well. I mean, this was just a talented offensive battle here because you have uh, Rashad Higgins, who's not too bad. You have Kareem Hunt. You have Odell. You have Nick Chubb. Najoku, a top five tight end in the league. See, so you have those options, 305 for two touchdowns. But Herbert Sherbert, I never really believed in him. I said, yeah, he'd be a starting quarterback, but I didn't think he'd be this good. You know, you've been saying it. You've been saying he's good. I had to disagree with you, but the man is great. Almost 400 yards, four touchdowns. But he also got gifted. He got dropped in. He got picked up at the right time. When you have Austin Eckler, who is a dual threat running back, going out in a lot of pass plays. Jared Cook, who's a solid tight end. You already talked about Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, who is a top 10 duo receiver in the league. Also, when Herbert's just so consistent. Now, the Chargers are going to be a team to be reckoned with. And with the Chiefs losing so much, they might go win their division. So, the door is open, and the Chargers are the first one to answer. And they go be a good Browns team. This Browns team ain't nothing to play with, like I said as well. The Chargers are going to be putting them on your map. All right, they can hang with anybody. They're going to score 28 points a game, and they're going to be great. These two teams is – it's kind of a win for both teams. You know, you never say after a loss, like, oh, yeah, like, we won. But you look at it like, yeah, we scored 42 points. We get our defense somewhat fixed with our defense can be absolutely amazing. We're going to be fine. So I can't wait to see where these two teams go. And I was very about them up. Oh, of course. I mean, uh, I thought that was one of the more premier games going into this weekend. Two great teams, even after a loss, the Browns are above 500. The Chargers moved to four and one. They finally have learned how to win some close games. So completely, they're usually on the other side of it. Yeah, like the Bengals are this year, like I talked about. Bengals are on that opposite side. We're going to lose those close games. And now the Chargers are finally... They flip the switch, and, hey, we're winning games. Oh, what? We just got a, you know, crucial interception. We just hit that game-winning field goal. We just drove down. We didn't make a mistake. Herbert has matured so much. A hundred percent. All right. Now, the next two games that I want to talk about. The first one would be, honestly, the Thursday night game, the Rams and the Seahawks. Um, When we look at this game, there's big news, big implications moving forward for Seattle Seahawks. I mean, they're in an extremely, extremely tough division. And we thought that for them to be one of the tough, better teams in that division. But now Russell Wilson is injured. 
I mean, basically look like I know it's a dislocated but broken finger. Uh, he has to get surgery on that. Not sure how long he's going to be out. It'll be at least a few weeks. I know that Geno Smith stepped in and did great at the end of the game, but honestly, I can't sit here and guarantee anything with him at quarterback moving forward. Nobody could, not compared to Russell Wilson. So without him at the helm, you have to be nervous for the Seahawks' future. Um, hopefully he gets better. Um, he gets better soon. He's able to get back on the field. But, again, the Rams. The Rams, man, they really, they really might just be – the best team in the NFC. You're I know I was talking about back. that. I'm still talking about it. I'm they still talking about it after that. Okay, and and the Seahawks are a bad team. And they let Geno Smith kind of pop off, almost same amount of yards as Russ. Yeah, he game. threw one touchdown and then he threw an interception. I don't want to call that popping off. Geno Smith, I didn't know he was still in the league, and you letting him hang around, and you're the so-called the best team in the league. Um, every team, every team has close games in the NFL. It's the NFL, Mickey Hines. The I Jets beat that, the Titans but... earlier this season. Okay, come on, don't give me that. But are the Either Tennessee way. Titans are the best team in the league? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the best team in the NFC. They're four and one. They beat Who's the defending champs handily. Who did they lose yeah. to? I know they lost to the Cardinals, but exactly. I truly the best just, team in the league. I right know, there. but I'm still the same thing that I worried about and said at the beginning of the season when I didn't include them in the top five. Last year, I was so hyped on him. We still are hyped on him. We're still on the Tyler Murray podcast here. Come on now. I do still hype him up. I still believe that they're a great team. But they they didn't they didn't pull through halfway through to the end of the season last year. They didn't. And they haven't proven that. The Rams have been there. The Rams have done that. And now they have an even better quarterback at the home. And it's so much it's so obvious when they the way he plays. I I mean, come on. There there's there's not a reason to deny it right now, especially with how they handled the champs. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The I understand the Seahawks are still a good football team. They're potentially in a wild card, even with that two and three. But they should have hey, ran up the score. They should have done yeah. this or that. Like I understand their receivers are amazing. Like we are hyping up the Seahawks. So I don't want people listening to this being saying like the Seahawks are a good team, like LA, da 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 da. Still a, a key win for the LA Rams. But I'm just saying, like, I think it should have been blown out there more towards the end. It was way too close for my comfort if I was a Rams fan. Now, I still got to see more from the Rams. I got to see if Stafford can really keep on hyping up the Sean McVay offense. That defense ain't no joke. I'll say it, you know, uh, with just all the star caliber players on that defense. And Cooper Cup's becoming one of the best receivers in the NFL, which is insane. I wasn't hopping on that train at all. So the Rams do have an opportunity to potentially be a top team when it comes to the playoffs. I mean, I know we're talking already, but it's only five games in. But I mean, they can be. But am I sold the best team in the league? No. But, you know, I'm going to let you say that. I, mean, I, I you know, have to respectfully disagree because I go with that 5-0 and Cardinals team. Uh, they're definitely the best team because they beat the Rams. So, I mean, uh, we'll see moving Everybody forward. Has an off game. Everybody has an off game. The Cardinals are going to be due for their loss soon enough. I'm just saying. I mean, they almost did lose to the 49ers, but. That's true. The 49ers have a great defense. But, I mean, yeah, no, that was definitely another close one. Um, I I mean, I'm just saying the only thing that I have to say is it's not my fault that even with the pickums that you you had to mess up and type 
in that it was the Seahawks versus the Chargers instead of the Rams. Oh, so, man, it's all it's all good, man. Like I get it. You just want to fool people into thinking that the Rams aren't as good as what they are. It's cool. I get it. I get it, man. Chargers better it. than the Rams. Uh, oh, okay, okay. I'll anyway, take that to the bank. Moving on. Oh, you're taking. <laughs> okay, you're making horrible loans, man. You got horrible interest rates over there. That's what you got. Anyway, so the next game that I wanted to talk about um, would be the Monday night. Perfect. Game. We're talking prime time. Lamar Jackson have a day. This Baltimore Ravens team, four and one, even after the injury bug completely plagued them. Never thought that I would necessarily say that. I really thought that losing Gus Edwards, losing Marcus Peters, losing some of these other key players for the entire season was totally going to hinder them moving forward. But Lamar Jackson is galvanizing. Even when, even the fact that defenses know that he's going to be the focal point of everything from running to passing, it doesn't matter. He's able to do whatever he wants with the football. He's a magician as long as he doesn't fumble it, honestly. He's the hardest quarterback in the NFL to guard, in my opinion. I mean, Kyler Murray is along the same uh, mobility lines. We've said that before and discussed it. But Lamar Jackson makes – I mean, shout out our person of the week, Daniel Brown. This is the NFL version of him. Like, I'm telling <laughs> you. Facts. Like, this is this – is, put it in a backpack type stuff. Um, for him to show up on Monday night, to be down going into the fourth quarter, and do what he did in the fourth quarter. He had six incompletions. He was he threw 43 passes and had six incompletions. When did anybody ever talk about Lamar Jackson, the passer? But here he is throwing dimes to Mark Andrews, the tight end of all people. But still, throwing dimes out there, 440 yards, four touchdowns on the game, almost had as many touchdowns as he did incompletions, still rushes for 60 yards. Gets the ball in the end zone in clutch time, comes back from down twenty-two to nine, and takes this team to a four and one record. It's a heartbreaking loss for the Colts. I think they're better than what their record shows. I think there's a few teams that are honestly. Um, the Chiefs would be another one that I think fall in that category. But still, like the like the Colts, the Colts had this game, and the Ravens said, "Nah, not today, not tonight." And they came out, and Lamar Jackson put a stamp on it and certified himself as he is elite in this league. Whether we already agreed on that or not, he is. I'm going to tell you a story, and it deals with the game of fantasy football. Five different scenarios I'm going to tell you. In my money league, I was down by 60 points with Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews left. I said, no way I'm winning. My team's doing really bad in that league. I come back and win. They put up 80. Oh, okay. I checked that late, late. Very excited. Then I go check our group league, the one we're in together, not the podcast one or anything like that. Cat the owl one. I'm up by, I think, 35. All right. You know, I'm chilling. Like, they can't do this or that. Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. I lose to that person. Here we go. I go check my trophy league. I'm up by, I think, 70. I'm like, oh, I got this in the bag. Easy. Go and lose to Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews. <laughs> and finally, in the podcast, Fantasy, Haley DeLay, trying to catch her second W, scored 181 points. 
up by 80 points, maybe 90. I forget the exact amount. And Omar Hernandez comes back because he has Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews and beats her by less than, I think, less than two points. Oh, my that goodness. That is insane. That is insane, the amount of, you know, reflection that made on fantasy, and it relates to the game. 442 yards, four touchdowns for six incompletions, almost as many touchdowns to incompletion ratio. Lamar Jackson has been elite. He is an MVP, and he put the team on his back. Mark Andrews shows, hey, move over Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. I might be the best tight end in the league. Best receiving tight end, him and Travis Kelsey for sure. Mark Andrews is a stud. Hollywood Brown, 125 as well. And this offense is good. Now they're running 100-yard rushing per game. Streak comes to an end. I'm talking all Ravens here, Zizzy. And I. it's crazy what happened in fantasy and all that. But then you go to the flip side. You have Carson Wentz, who he didn't walk it to anyone today. 400 yards and two touchdowns. When you do that, you expect your team to win. Now, Jonathan Taylor had a huge touchdown run as well. He had 53 yards and a touchdown. Like, okay, receiving. Jonathan Taylor had 100 yards receiving. Like, incredible day by him. When your running back does that great of numbers, you should win the football game. On paper, I think the Colts should have won. But then you look at the flip side, and after that, after halftime, you're like, wow, no way. Ravens winning this easily. I know I just talked your ear off, but this game was uh, instant classic. Call it uh, NCAA 14. Love to see it. Love seeing Lamar Jackson thrive and show people that he is an elite quarterback. No, there's not much. I mean, not, yeah, I have no problem with your recap time or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, I mean, you have to feel for the Colts, man. I mean, you have to feel for Carson Wentz. This is the guy that people are looking for him to come and turn around the franchise. You think late in the game they have this in control. You're right. He throws 400 yards, two touchdowns. He doesn't have an interception. They don't have the turnovers. Jonathan Taylor is a menace on both, both through the air and on the ground on Monday night. And yet, again, it's just not enough. Like, And it all comes in the fourth quarter of everything that you've got to close the game. And maybe this is, again, some of those signs where a lot of people were doubting Carson Wentz coming into the season. Is this Carson Wentz's fault because he didn't make enough plays down the line, even if he had 400 yards? I mean, yeah, he had 400, but he got outplayed. He still got outplayed, even if he did that by Lamar Jackson, who has 440 and four touchdowns. I mean, Mark Andrews, a tight end to have 150 yards receiving, averaging 15 yards. Like, yeah, like, come on. It's absolutely ridiculous. You got Marquise Brown out there, Hollywood doing his thing as well. Like, my goodness, man. You already brought up the fantasy numbers. Don't get us started on that. But, oof, sheesh, dude. Sheesh. That's all you really got to talk about. Yeah, like straight up. Like, the Ravens are for real because they have a quarterback that can do things that nobody else can do. He Yeah, he is the leveled-up version of Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is kind of like the starting stage. Like, ooh, this game's really fun. And then when you max just, out your character, 99 overall, Lamar the Jackson. The cuts are like, different, man. It's Michael Vick-like. It really is. Yeah, Michael Vick's on the cover, and then Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson went and created their players, and here we are. <laughs> but 
those are my three teams that I want to talk about. I know people are like, wow, we didn't talk about the Dolphins. Well, uh, there's nothing to talk about there until uh, maybe after this week. When Tua time returns, because I believe that is the word that we're hearing out of camp. Uh, so excited to see that moving forward. But we'll get a Finns update moving into next week. For now, let's finish it out, man. I think it's uh, – is it is it lightning round? Is that what we're going to Lightning do? round. All right, all right. Do you have the games in front of you or do I? I, I do. Now, we all already right. talked about the Bears and the Raiders. We already talked about the Rams and the Seahawks. Mr. Dizzy, take away with the Jets and the Falcons. Oh, man. Well, the Jets, I thought that they had this coming in. You know, big win coming off of it. You got some momentum. Uh, Zach Wilson starting to play a little bit. But doesn't matter because the Falcons show up and they play in London. Kyle Pitts, welcome to the party, has his coming out party. Corderell Patterson has been consistent. If the offense kind of plays like that, the Falcons might win a few more games. J-E-T-S. I had them in the pickums and they let me down. The Falcons went to London. They had the T and crumpets, and they left with a W. Moving on to the Lions and the Vikings, Mr. Zizzy. You ever just get emotional watching somebody talk at the podium? Back. That's how I feel talking about uh, talking about the Lions head coach with Dan Campbell. I mean, that, you know how much they care, but it's Detroit. It's the Lions. They lose. It's what they do. The Lions are cursed with another game-winning field goal, ending up in the score of 19-17. Yes, you get a little emotional with the Coach Campbell talk, and I love him as a head coach, but the Lions are cursed. Vikings win 19-17. The Saints and the Washington football team. I still have no idea what the Saints' identity is. Have no idea at all. It's so hard to pick them for every week for the pickums. Thankfully, I picked them this past week. Uh, I mean, they sh- were able to hold Heineke down after he had a great few first weeks as a starter. But I have no idea who the Saints are yet. The Washington football team's defense was supposed to be all that in a bag of potato chips, dip it in some sour cream. Um, but the Saints came away with the W. Jameis is looking good. And three and two, like you said, they have a roller coaster of a season as well ahead of them. The Crazy what he does when he turned over. The Texans. Oh, uh, well, I mean. This one was a scary one for me in the pickums. I thought this was a lot coming in. The Patriots, after coming off an intense game with Tom Brady, I get it. It was an emotional one. It was an emotional one. But this is a must-win game for the Patriots moving forward to still stay relevant in the division. And for a playoff host, you you expected this. Yes, the Patriots was actually in my, one of my survivor leagues. I picked them, and I was scared. Houston Texans came to battle, but Patriots, it's Bill Belichick. He's not going to lose to one of the uh, lower teams here in the NFL. Now, I know you already talked about your Dolphins and your Buccaneers, but Tom Brady is the GOAT. Everyone stop talking. That's blasphemous. At the age of 45 now, 44, 45, he has now a 400-yard-plus game with five touchdown-plus, uh, five-plus passing touchdown game for the first time in his career at this age. Absolutely incredible. We are watching greatness. Yeah, the fact that he's this old, has been here for this long, and is still setting career bests at this age, Just there's, nothing more, there's nothing more to talk about. it. And, I, I mean, 
Yeah, because we're just in that division, and the Patriots have just owned the division. Don't need to remind us. Again, not here to talk about the Dolphins. Two is going to return. We'll write the ship. All righty, moving on here. We already talked about the Packers, Packers and the Bengals, the Broncos and the Steelers. Mr. Zizzy. Hey, I picked this one coming out of it. I felt Pittsburgh was a big – they were due for a win. And every time that somebody talks down, everyone starts talking down on Ben Roethlisberger, he's able to respond and at least get a dub. Chase Claypool gave – it was a big helping hand, obviously, 130 yards. But the Steelers bouncing back with a much-needed win – in the division against the Broncos. I had the Broncos here in this one. I thought the Steelers were going to start that losing streak, and I was clearly wrong. Is that defense actually raw? Is Big Ben not going to retire? Who will know a lot of questions to be answered about those two teams? For real, are the Broncos a fake? That's a good question. Are they a fraud? Who knows? We will see next week. Then we have the Eagles and the Panthers. You had the Eagles coming back in this game. I thought the Panthers were going to have it. And they get a pretty good W. Not really much to talk about here in this game, but I still believe in Jalen Hurts that he is a good quarterback in the NFL. Jalen Hurts, man, I know that you said that he's better than Tua, but I still believe in him. If you ever look at it, even when he plays horribly, even when the team doesn't score, have you seen this guy's fantasy numbers? This guy's for real. Oh, yes. Moving on to the Titans and the Jaguars. Now, the the Tennessee Titans showed that they are that great team after that loss a few weeks, or I think it was last week, to the Jets. Now, the Jags, I'm still waiting for them. Will Urban Meyer finally get out of the club and go into club dub? When will we see a Jaguars W? Who will know? I love that club dub statement, but Urban Meyer looks stupid on the sideline. He looks stupid. Did you guys see him try to throw a challenge flag? I think it took about eight minutes. It took about eight minutes for him to throw a challenge flag with his whole team pleading him. And the thing was, they already knew that the replay had showed that it wasn't going to win even if he challenged it, but he still just did it anyway. Take control of your team. Take control of the situation. Own up to your mistakes or get the hell out of Dodge. Oh, yeah, moving on. Chargers-Browns, that outstanding game we already talked about. The 49ers versus the Cardinals. Now, this was a close one. Arizona had their bad game, as Zach wanted to say, and they ended up with a W and starting out 5-0, and the only undefeated team left. We are a Kyler Murray podcast. Uh, I, we are a Kyler Murray podcast. This was a tough game. A lot of people consider it a trap game, and I understand why. The 49ers have a great defense. The Cardinals are the last remaining undefeated team. But I still think they're due for one soon. I don't know if it'll be this week or in the weeks come, weeks to come. I just think the NFL is a lot more balanced than it ever has been. That is for sure. Moving on in our lightning round, you have the Cowboys-Giants, which we already talked about, and which was a highlight of a Sunday night football uh, game with the Chris Collins were sliding back in action. The Bills and the Chiefs, two of the most high-powered teams in the NFL. The Chiefs are in trouble. They have a losing record. The Bills are, in one of my eyes, probably the best team. I know I said the Cardinals earlier, but the Bills and the Cardinals are definitely one and two. Josh Allen is that dude. He's out here hurtling people. Call him Steven Ruiz or Javon Spradley. Oh, is the real deal. The Buffalo Bills (laughs) are back. Oh, (laughs) anyway. Um, yeah, uh, I I disagree. I don't think that the Chiefs. What? I, I don't think the oh. Chiefs are in trouble. 
Um, okay. I, think I said maybe. The, yeah, no, I don't think that the, the, that they're in trouble. I think that the defense will continue to put show up and develop and get better at the end of towards the middle to the end of of the season, just like they have every year for the past few when they've men, made these Super Bowl runs. Patrick Mahomes is still their quarterback. That's why I'm not panicking. The Bills, they're for real. And we said it at the beginning of the season, and we knew it then, we know it now. They're for real. And they have, they're have they on a mission. They, they wanted that game. They sure did. And we already talked about the Ravens and the Colts, and that concludes our lightning round, talking about every team out there in the NFL. And like you said, there's a lot of unanswered questions left to happen in the NFL, and that's why we love it. I love putting down my bets. I love uh, playing the fantasy. I am just fully engulfed in the <laughs> NFL season, and I absolutely love it. I'm bleeding football right now. Tuesday and Wednesdays are the most sad days of the week because there's not football on. Facts. And I love it. Absolutely. At least you get your high school games in, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Friday Night Lights, everybody loves that. So we can talk about that now. Let's do our final wrap it up. I know. Uh, do you got any final takes for me? Do you want to talk about the off the the uh, Mickey Zizzy podcast fantasy football? Even has a, we haven't mentioned that in a little bit. What you what you got for me for your final? All takes? I gotta say is I'm the Arizona Cardinals. I'm undefeated. Yeah, Hines is looking great in the fantasy. You, uh, it's life is good on my end. We're making a few key moves. Here and there, but uh, we're on the come up. We're not really on the come up. We're staying on top, and we love to see it here on in our fantasy podcast. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say I, I was just checking the standings earlier today, and I mean, that's a that's five and zero, oh, big guy. Uh, five and zero, oh, baby. I mean, the next best record is three and two. That's what we're looking at for a bunch of teams across the league. So, for you to go out there, do your thing, okay, represent. I'll hold it down in the pickums. You're right there behind me on that. And you, okay, okay. About time. I'll see you. I see you. The but, fans got to stop winning our stuff. We got to take it down. I know, man. We got to take charge. I mean, last year was just out of, out of control. They were just beating up on us. So I'm sorry, y'all, but we, we came back with a vengeance this year. We ain't playing around. Facts. We love it. But uh, I know there's some uh, great things happening there. In fantasy, like I already talked about, the crazy comeback that happened with Haley. Um, I know Nate Creeps. He also has a team. He's a friend down here in Davenport. He has a pretty solid uh, lineup as well. But uh, it's been a lot of fun doing the fantasy as well. It's always fun to check that and whatnot. But that plaque's going to be coming in. Uh, we're going to do a plaque for that for the winner. It's going to have their name next to the Mickey's is a Podcast Fantasy Champion. Yes, and it's going to be super dope. Absolutely. Excited for all that moving forward. Any other final takes? My hot take of the week. I'm speaking it into existence. Call me LeVar Ball. The Chicago Bears are going to upset the Green Bay Packers all aboard the Justin Fields hype train. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yeah, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy podcast. Have a good night, everybody. Peace. Peace.